0: This episode of The Bubble Lounge is sponsored by Kathy Wall State Farm Agency. Voted the best insurance agent in DFW by D Magazine.
1: Welcome to The Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Martha Jackson. And today we have a great advisor on, Beth Reeder-Johnson from ERJ Counseling because she's a family and teenage counselor. And gosh, I don't know about you, Martha, but... (laughs) I've got a teenage boy. You've got a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. They're lovely people. Part of me wants to just like keep him small because I love my little boy. And part of me wants to grow him into the man he should be. <laughs> I never know what I'm doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he makes a lot of dumb mistakes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, they can be very challenging. And you never know what, what's in store for you, what's going to come out of their mouths. But listen to this. Speaking of dumb, I was at Payway recently with my daughter and we're up there ordering and she comes and whispers to me she's like mom i know those guys over there they go to my school and i know from experience this is code word for don't make any sudden moves don't draw attention to us and don't talk too loud and don't act like don't we're be together yourself. <laughs> yeah we are not together so we order we go sit down at the table and my phone is sitting there and a picture an inappropriate picture pops up from airdrop And I go, Is one of their names so and so? Her eyes got huge. She's like, How did you know that? And I go, Well, he just sent me a very inappropriate picture, and his name is on it. What? Yeah, an inappropriate picture. What was the picture? (laughs) Wolf porn. (laughs) wolf porn yes Mm. i don't think i've ever heard of that (laughs) i had never either (laughs) but leave it to a 14 year old boy to teach me about it yeah two (laughs) two wolves having sex right there big as anything on my phone oh my god so i i said i said to i go don't react they're watching us right now they're looking for a reaction so they can giggle at us but yeah he sent me an inappropriate picture and i said i'm gonna go say something and she's like, no, Mom, no, please, please don't do that. Don't I, go yeah, That's there. what I would have wanted to do, too. I know. I, I so I wanted to. But instead, I go, <laughs>
1: <laughs> You did not. Did
0: you really do that? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. But that would have been really good. <laughs> Talk about drawing attention to yourself. <laughs> And speaking of drawing attention to yourself, it's now time for Crazy Insurance Stories from the Park Cities with our good friend and show sponsor, Kathy Wall of Kathy Wall State Farm Agency. Kathy, tell us a crazy story.
2: About one year in the business, I was selling a lot of life insurance. A young couple made an appointment to discuss life insurance for their family. It was in the evening. As we were discussing their health and filling out their life insurance application, the wife started bragging about what great shape her husband was in physically, and then she asked him to take off his shirt. Before I could even react, that shirt was off, and she kept telling me to fill his muscles an interesting appointment, to say the least. So if you need life insurance, give me a call. And don't worry, you won't have to
1: take off your shirt to show your muscles. In fact, I'd really almost appreciate you kept your shirt on.
0: Kathy, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't insure the Jacksons if you saw Sean without his shirt on. So whatever your insurance needs, please contact our good friend and show sponsor, Kathy Wall, State Farm Agency at 214-350-2692 or visit her website at com. that's k-a-t-h-y-l-w-a-l-l.com thank you kathy we're sitting here with beth reader johnson with erj counseling she works with children adolescents families and couples and She also happens to be a Park Cities mom. Welcome to the Bubble Lounge. Hi, thank you for having me. Actually, I
2: grew up in the Park Cities, but n- actually now I live more like Preston Royal, so I'm a little uh, out oh, of the oh bubble. I know. I'm just beyond. You
1: left the bubble. You burst it. I did. The I burst the bubble. The but I,
2: luckily, my office is still very close. I love this.
1: So people will actually come to your office because it's only five minutes away. Oh, right. It's right. I always <laughs> say it's right by
2: the Etsy's right there. Okay, so it's perfect. easy to yeah, easy to get to. Very
0: easy. That's awesome. Well, Nellie and I both have teens, and we're constantly talking about the challenges and perhaps the not-so-smart decisions that they make, the rash of emotions that can go through them at a moment's notice, and we have a lot of questions for you. It turns out a lot of that's due to their brain development. Absolutely, absolutely. There's so much going on. They say that toddlers
2: and adolescents both have this surge of brain development. Mm -hmm. It's huge, and there's so much going on. I actually witnessed something called pruning the other day. There is a child that's been friends with my child for years, and my child is a fifth grader, so some of the boys are just starting that beginning phase where Mm -hmm. they're growing a ton and sleeping in a ton. And this child I've known since he was a first grader and has always had the nicest manners. And he was at my house the other day, and it was like he'd forgot them. And I know it's not a parenting problem. I know his parents well, Mm -hmm. but what happens in this pruning stage is when they're not using something or maybe we're not reminding them, they literally start to lose it. So it is one of those places where you are in a use it or lose it because they're trying to expand their brains and really specify what's fascinating and interesting for them. And honestly, it's like there's too much going on to keep hold of all the little stuff. So as parents we may want to gently reinforce those table manners cuz they kind of forget. It's mm-hmm. like they have so much going on and so much they're interested in. And my son will come home and it's like American history this and did you know this happened in Egypt and da 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 da, da. and so it's like the napkin in the lap just doesn't make the cut. <laughs> and so we kind of have to reinforce uh-huh. those things that we want to keep so and so on the table if you will because there's a lot going on in their minds. But I, you know, it's one of those things too I find fascinating. It's like are they doing it be intentionally mean and disrespectful? Absolutely not. I know this kid that was at my house. There was nothing about it. I mean, I talked to my son after he left because I was like, it's nice to take your dish or whatever. It's not a big deal. So it's nice to reinforce those things in a kind way and not to assume that they're doing something Spiteful or mm-hmm. wrong. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I always think with this whole tension we have with teenagers, it's like, is it the chicken or the egg? Are we treating them in a different way because we're assuming they're becoming teenagers? Or are they starting to act in a way that is disrespectful or is a little, you know, grumpy or whatever? And so then we're responding to that. But there are well, some interesting examples where I think parents and teachers alike both kind of start teaching or treating kids in such a way that they're treating them. First, like they're,
0: they're not. Respectful, Like they're labeling them.
2: Well, right. I'm so glad to hear that because
1: my brain has that much going on. Is that because I'm still in my teenage <laughs> years? Yes. <laughs>
0: it means you are
2: highly intelligent. They don't want to be
1: in my brain.
2: They're no. It's like, what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, Mine does a mile a minute, too. I'm not sure I always have my napkin in my lap as well.
1: <laughs> so I do I do think it's interesting, this stage, this stage of development. Yeah. And it is – I have a son who has ADHD. Yeah. So, uh, for example, at breakfast this morning, it takes him like – like an hour to eat breakfast. It just is what it is. <laughs> right. So now he's even more like that. Now you know, I just, I see him like sitting there, staring up in his face. <laughs> I'm like, did you eat your breakfast? Like, it's been a half hour. Yeah. Is that part of the teenage years too? Sort of like they're thinking about so many other things that they can't
2: focus? Well, and I think there's there are some specific things certainly that happen with those kids that um, do have some attention, mm-hmm. which is part of the executive functioning thing uh-huh. going on. I've noted that they really do well doing multiple things while they eat. So they really like to like listen to an audiobook or read <gasps> while they're eating, mm-hmm. um, which isn't good for family dinner, but mm-hmm. it is. it will help make breakfast a little bit more efficient because okay. a lot of ADHD parents have said, this takes way too long. And mm-hmm. I, I will say, giving them the time, you know, one of the best things I've ever done is start waking up 30 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. Because yes. rather than rushing my child and having yeah. this huge back and forth you know, power oh, yeah. struggle every day. It's like, okay, we've got the time. Mm-hmm. But beyond an hour for breakfast, you're like, okay, we, we might need to speed this along. So yeah. letting them flip through a magazine or doing something else with their hmm. brain kind of helps them. And, and maybe walking by every few minutes going, take a bite. <laughs> Give him <laughs> a <laughs> little message. You know, that would you know, be me. And right.
1: I'm starting to feel like a crazy person because he's, he's 14 years old. And I'm right. like, did you eat your breakfast? Eat your breakfast. Eat <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Right. laughs> <laughs> your breakfast. Right. And they just kind of forget because they're yeah. in their morning and they're kind of spicy and they're not. Quite tuned in, yet. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Beth, I feel like that we spend a lot of time teaching our kids about puberty as far as the changes of their body, but we don't necessarily talk to them about what's going on in their brain. And it's rapid fire developing in there. Tell us kind of the stages, what goes first, what goes last, and the stages and what's going on in there. Well, I think <laughs> the most important thing to realize
2: is that – they do not have their prefrontal cortex isn't developed yet, right? right? So that thinking, rational thinking part of their Good brain. judgment. But the areas of the brain for exploration are firing crazy. So they really want to explore new things. So I feel like this is why kids who are a part of something a part of a sports team a part of a it doesn't really matter you know people love bible studies people love sports teams people love debate teams people play dungeons and dragons i mean really i don't care what it is Mm -hmm. but i think if they're not a part of something that's where kids then want to go explore things that might not be so great for them to explore skateboarding i mean i had a kid the other day that was telling me all the cool tricks he could do on skateboarding Mm -hmm. and his parents were very anti-skateboarding because they thought he was going to get hurt and i'm like well we can't protect them from everything and skateboarding is a lot better than smoking pot. You know, so, and mm-hmm. and, and sometimes the parents think those two things go together and I would say not always. <laughs> you know, I, I really think there's a way to move into this phase with some trust and some confidence and some knowing your child and knowing that you know how to talk to them. And especially if we use I statements and if we're curious instead of defensive, we're like, who are you? This is the time. I mean, I think it's exciting. You know, you're saying to them, this is the time your brain is going to take on more intelligence than ever before and also giving them a little understanding of how their brain works in terms of emotions so it's like our thoughts impact our feelings impact our behavior and your thoughts are simply the story you tell yourself so if you tell yourself something sucks can i say sucks if you tell yourself something is terrible you know then it probably is but if you tell yourself this is maybe going to be great i had a kid who had so much energy after school and he he hated the pool he didn't want to go swimming by himself he couldn't do it he didn't want his mom out there with him it was all this stuff but he had all this energy and they had a teeny backyard in a pool and so I was like you know why don't you just get in that pool one time your mother will sit out you know by the window and read and anyway he told himself he didn't want to do that Mm -hmm. he got in the pool started swimming laps he now does it every afternoon oh Mm wow his mother sits he's 15 years old, so Mm -hmm. he doesn't need an adult watching, but anyone in the pool should have someone just nearby knowing that they're there. And he swims laps for 30, 45 minutes now Mm -hmm. and loves it. But Mm -hmm. the story he told himself was that was going to be totally lame, but he had so much energy to build Mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. Then now he's gone out and joined the JV swim team. And he... Literally never swum in his whole life. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you've got to find something to do with all that energy. Yeah. And, and letting them know that the first story they tell themselves that something is terrible may not actually be true. If he'd gotten in and he hated it, fine, he didn't have to do it. Right. He would have felt that feeling of discomfort and un- unease. But, you know, also if we try something a number of times sometimes, you know.
1: Yeah, kind of like food with little kids. Oh, absolutely. When they say keep reintroducing it because, you know, they're like, I don't eat that. And then if you can't kind of, like, my, my son wouldn't eat potatoes for so long. I don't know why. He just was like, Ew. Yeah, and now that's all he like. He eats potatoes all the time. But it was it's something that was reintroduced when he was like seven because two, it didn't work. Oh, absolutely. Right? so it kind of applies. I like how you you're comparing. The toddler years to the teenage years. I think that's really fascinating because well, they're years of development. Right.
2: Saying. Development and autonomy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. They are looking to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. That is the single biggest thing that's happening. Who am I? And they often look at their parents and they're like, I'm not you and I'm not you. And that's okay. If we make that, this if nothing else I say today matters, this is it. If they look at us and they say, maybe I don't want to be just like you. Mm-hmm. If we get defensive and try to defend who we are, even though we're an adult and we should have a strong sense of self, that'd be really silly. Instead, we should say, oh, my gosh, of course. Yeah. Find out who you are. You don't have to be me. My desk is a mess. I da 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 Whatever I do wrong, do it better. Take it on. Figure out. Learn from us and become your own person. And if you have a household that fosters that kind of independence and learning, then I think it's okay.
1: We're going to take a short break. And after that, we're going to talk about how parents, what what things parents can do to help manage teenagers. We'll be right back. If you're a fan of the Bubble Lounge, then we have a very special offer for you. Send us a text message to 313131 with the word bubble and join our exclusive community of Park City's moms. Every week, we send you a link to the latest episode of the show. But that's not all. If you send a text right now, We will also send you a link to our private online membership website. Our membership site contains tons of helpful recommendations for women in the park cities. So whether you want to find something interesting for the kids, get recommendations for the best services, or just hang out online with other moms like you, our membership site is the perfect place. And best of all, it is free to join. So take out your phone and send a text to 313131 with the keyword bubble, that's B-U-B-B-L-E, and join us and your neighbors in the Bubble Lounge.
0: Welcome back from the break. So, Beth, I want to ask you, it seems like when they were younger, when our kids were younger, we had all sorts of support groups, play groups, um, mommy and me groups, all this type of thing that you could bounce ideas off and talk about, oh, my kid's having a tantrum. What should I do? My kid's not eating things. What should I do? But when they become teenagers, you're kind of on your own. You're lonely. You're isolated. And it's almost taboo to say, "Hey, my kid just smoked pot. What do you think I should do about this?" Like people don't want to admit that, and they don't want to get that out there and talk about that with their friends. Right? They don't mm-hmm. want to put that out there about their own children, you know. And yeah. they're afraid that other people will judge
2: them, judge. or then yes. their kids won't get to run with your kids because your kids might be the bad influence. Or yeah. there's a lot more. You're right. I think it's kind of an isolating time, and I think it's a time. I think we have to realize that they're going to explore and make some mistakes. Mm-hmm. I think in my office, I tell teenagers all the time that there will be some. Potholes along the way. <laughs> no pun you, intended. Right? <laughs> and you can You're choose like, really? to fall in them or you can choose to walk around them. And, you know, this is one of those things I think if parents are open with children, and mm-hmm. it, certainly there's age appropriate openness about what's happened in their life and what's going on and what's real world, then I think that there can be some ways that you can sit down. Again, we talked about, you know, we've all had a sex talk with our kids, mm-hmm. but I've always said to parents, there is not a sex talk. There is an ongoing conversation about sex, Mm -hmm. about sexuality, about how we treat people of the opposite sex and the same sex, about how we use that when we're texting or Snapchatting or anything about what's appropriate to send and what's not, what's appropriate to say and what's not, what Mm -hmm. can sound terrible over text that maybe you didn't mean that way. It's kind of an ongoing conversation. And again, I feel like if they're seeing you as someone who is out to discipline, which means to teach rather than to punish, that's punitive then they are going to continue to open up and share with you even at times and it's finding the time right it's finding the specific time when you can talk to your child
0: Mm -hmm. when is a good
2: time to talk to them Well, and I think it's different for everyone. I mean, I, you know, bedtime is a big time at our house, and I've talked to other families where that's a big time. But, you know, sometimes kids don't want you in the bed anymore. They want you sitting in the chair beside the (laughs) bed going over the day. They don't want you sitting up on their pillow with them. Uh, You know, also, of course, car talk. Car Mm -hmm. talk is great, that's side to side. I think it's different for every family. I don't often think it's dinner time. And what I have heard kids say is, I don't want to be hit with big questions right when I get in the car after yes, school. Yes, I've know? picked up on that. Oh, they do not. Yeah. so it's, I have not. So <laughs> I'm going to learn. <laughs> right. Well, it's, You know, how was your day? You'll often get a fine, and uh-huh. then you'll hear, well, yeah. my kid won't talk to me. But I think it's after they've come home, they've decompressed, they've mm-hmm. had some snacks, mm-hmm. and then you might find a quiet time. And often, this is a really nice thing that I have parents do. I ask them to say, "Is now a good time?" That's a and good idea. And if the kid says mm-hmm. no, then hear the no and back
0: away and yeah. back away. Mm-hmm. You know, press. I think
2: there's this whole weird respect dynamic where we want unconditional respect going towards us, but sometimes we're not always awesome at giving it. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to call you on the phone and say, hey, what are you doing? It's not a good time to talk. If I had a big story to tell you, it wouldn't really be nice if I just launched in the second you right. said hello, right. right? It would be nice if I was like, oh my gosh, I've got something to tell you you have a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd kind of give it that that little, and I, I think that's great to do with our kids too, because sometimes they've just had a day. Mm-hmm. I will say the funniest thing is when I, my son gets in the car, I ask him who got in trouble, and oh. that always <laughs> makes him laugh.
0: Yeah, you know, And then we <laughs> move on from there. Yes. That's a funny question. I'm, I'm
1: kind of sneaking a look at Martha's notes and I see don't judge and say my child would never do that. Oh my
0: gosh I am such a big advocate (laughs) of that. (laughs) I don't think any
2: of us should ever say I feel like that's like Kathy Lee Gifford talking so much about how she had the perfect marriage Uh huh. And you then really dating anymore. myself. Like how that went. <laughs> right. Well, it didn't go well. <laughs> right. Right. So for any of you that are too young to remember, that didn't go well. And I've always <laughs> thought of that. I was like, the second you put yourself out there for perfection, it's bound to go downhill. And Absolutely. yes, of course, we, and I even feel strongly, I want my child to mess up please mess up That's how you're at home and you're in high school. And I can be there, you know, because I want to go from that teacher to, you know, who sometimes disciplines to then somebody, a trusted advisor when you're in college. So you'll call me and ask me about things. Mm -hmm. Well, I just have to say this. I have a funny story about my child would never do that.
1: Mm. (laughs) So, So I was always really good. If he got in trouble, I was like, he's part of it, whatever. But He's never really done anything bad. Right and now, he's in middle school, of course. He's at Shelton, and seventh grade last year. He was at lunch, and this thing happened. So he calls me from school and says, I'm in the counselor's office. I'm in trouble. I was like, I'm coming right now. (laughs) So He tells me the story over the phone, and he says, somebody, like, stabbed me with a pencil at lunch and said, hey, you're being really annoying if you don't shut up, blah, blah, blah. Something like that happened. So, of course, my reaction is, I'm going to go in, and I'm going to help support him. So I go in, and I'm like, you know, this is not Right this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. They're like, I think it's actually both of them. And I said, no, absolutely not. My child would never do that.
2: <laughs>
1: and, <laughs> and so the next day we went back in, and they were very nice. They were wonderful about it. I know, I know all of them. Right. And I'm, I'm not that mom, but I'm just saying I was that day. Right. We go back in the next day, and they're like, well, here's what happened on camera one. Oh. <laughs> on camera five, Charles chases after the other kid and says something to him like, you have anger issues, <laughs> and it just kept going on. And I was like, okay, I stand corrected. <laughs>
2: well, and so often, I mean, that's that's one of the big things that I'm – Trying to get kids and parents to see is what is my part of a problem. Yeah. Right. Of That's, I'm ri- writing a book called The Problem Pie, and that is what I'm working on, mm-hmm. is because I fe- feel like that is the single biggest step people can do is say, what is my part of this problem? And so when a kid is super upset and they've been stabbed with a pencil, it might not be the time <laughs> to ask them that. No. You want to console them, you want to get them home, get them calmed down. But then when you're looking at it, you're like, hey, you know, What's your part of this? You know, it doesn't mean you take all the blame, but I literally draw out a pie and what's your piece? You know, what is your piece of what happened? And truthfully, yeah. that even for us as parents, when we get into a huge altercation, A lot of times when I'm doing a one-on-one with a parent, I'm asking them, okay, this isn't going well for you. How your daughter is speaking to you, what's happening, how could we change it so you could do it better, so you're not seeing the worst in your child? And also, how can you get the perspective that teenagers do act defiant, and sometimes they do act disrespectful, and how can you not take it personally and just be right in there with them toe-to-toe? How can you back off and give them some space and then regroup with them later and ask them to look at that behavior?
1: How can can I approach my son and say, look, he's an only child.
2: Right. Okay. He wants to
1: do everything perfectly. Okay. How can I approach him and say, you know, you can make mistakes? Right. Okay. Like you're allowed, I've said this to him before, you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to to feel like I don't agree with you. Right. You're allowed to
2: do that. Just keep reinforcing that? Reinforce it and model it. I mean, modeling is huge, right? That, oh, I made a mistake. I messed up here. I can apologize when I mess up. I've yelled before. I can apologize when I yell. I can say I should have done this differently. Wow, I really reacted to this instead of stopping and thinking about this. Or when I do go and take a timeout, like I go to my closet to take a timeout. So when I go to my closet to to take a timeout, then I'll say (laughs) I feel so. Much better. I'm glad I did it that way instead of the way I did it a month ago, where I got so frustrated with you because remember, that didn't work. And I, you know, I'm really learning from how I did that. So
0: I
1: just
2: like that you go to your closet because I
1: do oh, too. That's like my private space. Oh,
0: sanctuary. It is. No, my closet saved my marriage. <laughs> Seriously,
2: I go in there, I do a little shake it out. Do you, have, do you
1: have a bar in your closet? I do not have a bar. <laughs> I just have a, a, pe- a punching bag. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that better would be a better idea. I think
2: I, I may have a pillow that sometimes I sit on. Yeah. And I'd have a little quiet, quiet meditative time. space. Yes.
0: Me. Uh, so, Beth, you said something interesting. You and I talked on the phone before the interview is that they're pushing you away right now, even though they know, need you more than ever.
2: Yes, they really do. I mean, that's when we go back to teenagers and toddlers. You try to make a toddler go to the bathroom. I mean, watch World War Three fly out in your home, right? (laughs) They get to decide when and where they go. Uh And there's a lot of that going on for the teenagers too. Do not try to go toe-to-toe with them, but they do need you. So there's a big difference between engaging in a power struggle with the teenager and being toe-to-toe with them and telling them, I'm here to support you. Even if you're saying, I don't really like your decisions, I am here for you regardless. Mm -hmm. And so it's making those times to connect, even at times when maybe they are in trouble. Here's the deal you want to go towards action not towards anger so if you're giving them a consequence you're saying i still love you you're still my one of my very favorite people on the entire planet i'm if you have multiple children you know you're you're like you're You're amazing, and I love you. You're just going through normal development, and you're fighting me, and I am the gatekeeper to your freedom, so I totally get you're going to be frustrated with me at times. I don't expect that we're always going to be just totally in sync, but I love you, and here's what I can do. I can still be here to talk to you anytime you need. You know, ask me if I'm available and I'll, I'll, I'll make time. Mm-hmm. I can still go in at night before bed. I can still try to engage you in the car when we're having – we're just running errands and, and finding those times. So you're letting them know you're available even though they're trying to separate out from you. Right. Also, just explaining to them – You're going through this phase of development where you're trying to figure out who you are, and it's totally okay with me. Uh I'm not trying to make you into a mini-me or a Uh mini-dad. You get to be your own person. And I would also say for some parents to understand that what you're seeing may be so different from you that you may be going through some grief. If you were the star football player and your kid has no interest in sports and he really likes the debate team or he's really into young life and going to Canicomo for camp but really doesn't care about this, this, playing football, then there may be a grieving period for you, which means I'm having – at first I'm in a little bit of denial, then I'm trying to bargain with the kid, then I'm angry, then I'm sad, and finally I get to that acceptance where I'm just going to accept that this kid is his own person or her own person, totally separate and different from me.
1: Oh, it's such great advice. And you do seminars, by the way, right? You go and you speak to different schools, et cetera.
2: Right. I was just with the Hockaday parents, Hockaday Mm -hmm. and St. Mark's parents recently. I've been over at ESD several times with the teachers and the kids. Uh, talk to the parents at Ursuline. So I go all over town um, with the, some of the National Charity Leagues. So people bring me in to speak to parents. Um, and also, you know, some people come in for one-on-one, um, just parenting if they've got a specific thing going on. Also, I see teenagers on their own as well, and sometimes bring them all in for family work. Because a lot of times what's identified oh, as yeah. a, a kid problem is sometimes a systemic Kind of whole family issue. Yeah, it's pointing. It's a kind of pointing a finger. Otherwise, right. to say you need therapy. Right. Right. But if really, at the end of the day, yeah. And. And a lot of times it's three or four sessions. It's not, you know, I don't want kids to be in therapy for week after week after Mm -hmm. week. I really want them out doing stuff, playing with their friends. But sometimes they just need these tools. They need some coping skills. They need to understand how they can shift those thoughts, shift their mindset. So it can be really helpful.
1: Well, and it sounds like maybe you're, can somebody arrange to have you to their house and have parents
2: hear you speak? Absolutely. Uh Absolutely. You know, I remember when the TV show... 13 Reasons Why I came out, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of talk about that, and I someone get. talked to me about coming over and mm-hmm. talking to a group about that. It's just, you know, I think there are so many kind of things that pop up in our world that are hard and hard for parents and kids to talk about, and I'm always happy to be there and help with
0: that. How can people find you?
2: ERJcounseling.com, or you can just type in Beth Reader Johnson. That's why I use my maiden name, because mm-hmm. it's, it makes it easier to find me. Yes. Well, um, it's been so informative. Thank you so much Thank for being you. on the show.
0: Thank yeah. oh, Oh, I'm Great so happy to be here. Thank
1: you for having me. Great info for us. So guys, that's been The Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shuto. And I'm Martha Jackson. We'll talk to you next week.